0: G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au.
1: T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP-01005. Avoid rising energy prices and get a smarter home energy solution with B-Solar. Visit B.Solar and GLG Greenlife Group. Leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com. The first serve. Your home of tennis.
2: Good evening, everybody. Welcome along to the First Serve. Uh, Monday night, we are talking uh, the world of tennis. Uh, Brett Phillips in the chair, always great to be with you and uh, always love taking your calls. Uh, if you love the world of tennis, and a little uh, a little shout out to Harry. I don't know where Harry's disappeared the last uh, three weeks, but H, we need you back on the show tonight. one 300 736 736 Or you can shoot through a text in the next hour. 1116. Thanks to Tennis Direct, Australia's favourite online tennis store. So you can shop there anytime uh, you feel like going online at tennisdirect.com.au. Get a nice little discount. You just punch in that code first serve one zero. Doesn't matter where you are in Australia, uh, you will get the goodies delivered to your front door right at your porch. 1-300-736-736. Got a fair B solar menu tonight. The latest on tour. We'll get to all that very shortly. Got to love those first-time winners. It's a pretty special moment. And on a day where, you know, Cam Smith has won at the British Open, tennis, golf, two sports where it's hard to hard to win. You cherish the victories. Uh, Leighton Hewitt being recognised, of course, into the International Tennis Hall of Fame across the weekend. We'll spend some time on that. Uh, the other half of the Wimbledon doubles uh, winning m and uh, Matt Ebden to join us. And uh, he'll have a good chat uh, tonight. doing doing the media rounds and decisions, decisions. What does our Davis Cup team look like for the remainder of the 2022 campaign? Because there is some depth. Uh, your calls, as I mentioned, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 he was tuning in nice and early. I'll tell you what, this is the quickest he's ever rung in. Harry from Belmore, welcome back, H.
3: Hello, Brett. Look, I'm boiling. i about them putting Leighton Hewitt into the Hall of Fame. After 2005, he, I, the only tournament that he won was Brisbane, and my mate up in Brisbane rang me, and said Federer's as thick as rookwood. He said he can't breathe, but he's going to play. I rushed down the club, and mm-hmm. Federer on on the tab was a dollar twenty. Leighton six dollars. I had a lazy twenty on me, which I put on Leighton. Right. But that that's the only tournament he was he was getting beat first rounds in all the slams. The next uh, Hall of Fame. A patient could be Skippy the Bush Kangaroo. They're putting anyone in there. <laughs> oh, Harry. So you're telling me off the top now, of the show tonight... Better hang on. Than
2: him. Hang on, H. You're telling me off the top of the show tonight that Leighton Hewitt should not be in the International Tennis Hall of Fame, just so I've got that
3: correct. That's right. He wow. shouldn't be. And I rang Jimmy Smith today... And told him so. I said, I'm boiling. Right on. Uh Leighton, when he played, he always had his mother and father there. Yep. He, he was kept. And uh, his mother, I used to call her Tweety. She had a nose like Tweety, the, the bird in the cartoon. You're on fire. Tonight. You are on fire tonight.
2: Thank you, H. I'm going to leave you there. I'm just going to park that uh, for the moment because we'll hear from Leighton a little bit uh, later on. I didn't expect to get that call off the top of the show, I've got to say. And I know the Hall of Fame, whether it's AFL here, whether it's uh, tennis, other sports, uh, there will always be arguments uh, for and against, and these decisions aren't made lightly who goes into the Hall of Fame. Uh, but, gee, he put together two decades of uh, magnificent tennis in a sport where it is exceptionally hard. And I think to achieve a couple of majors, all the titles he won... Uh, he's a Davis Cup heroics. Uh, I don't have an issue with it uh, personally, but uh, Harry, you are always entitled to your opinion. Let's get into our tour wrap. Happy to take your calls and your text on uh, Leighton tonight, but let's get into our tour wrap. Thanks to AATC Australasian Academy of Tennis Coaches, providing quality coach education uh, right across the globe. Courses delivered by industry leaders and tennis business owners. So you can learn locally, coach globally, internationally endorsed, inquire and enrol at Tennis. I'm not sure if this man will make the International uh, Tennis Hall of Fame, but he did win the Hall of Fame Open, uh, the ATP 250 in Newport over the weekend, where, of course, the Hall of Fame inductees are um, announced uh, every single year. Leighton, of course, uh, we'll hear from later on, returning uh, to where he won his last ever tournament in Newport back in 2014. But for any of you who went to the Australian Open uh, back in January and you're on the outside courts, you might just remember big Maxine Cressy Serve, volley, personified. It was serve, volley, a throwback, constant. A big man who's gone from outside the top 150 12 months ago to now being on the verge of the top 30. And he won the 250 on the weekend, beating, uh, well, the charismatic,
4: probably underachieving, uh, Kazakh, Alexander Bublik. Incredible feeling to be winning my first title. I I never thought I would win uh, my first title this way, but uh, a huge congrats to Alex for... uh, for an incredible week uh, and uh, incredible tennis. I know uh, you deserve to win today. I I got lucky, uh, but I I stuck to it, but uh, I I apologize for being lucky, but (laughs) no, I'd I'd like to thank the organization and uh, the sponsors for making that tournament happen, it's an incredibly special tournament, and uh, it's my third third time here. I played my first ATP tournament here. Uh, It's always an incredible... uh, incredible atmosphere you guys have been amazing today and uh, it, a lot of ups and downs today but uh, I'm I'm very proud of myself for 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 fighting through it and uh, I'd like to thank my team and for for being with me this week and uh, you guys have been incredible and it's I, I look forward for two more titles yeah thanks guys it's it's a very special feeling to be here today. Oh that's a
2: good story in fact I think the last time I went to the US Open 2 I went on to one of the outside courts, and uh, Maxime Cressy, I think he was playing uh, Pablo Crena Buster from uh, memory. It was two sets to love down, came back in one in five, and uh, the New Yorkers were uh, going absolutely bonkers for their man, uh, Maxime Cressy. Uh, we'll talk about Jason Kubler very shortly because he's had his finest week on the ATP Tour, and uh, Jed Setzer has just put a write up. You can have a read of that. Great read, uh, thefirstserve.com.au. We're loving the work of uh, Jason Kubler. Uh, Andrea is in Darlinghurst in beautiful Sydney. Andrea, welcome to the program.
5: Oh, thank you. Thanks so much for having me.
2: Great to have you on the show. What do you got for us?
5: So my, my, my tennis question is a bit about Nick Curious. Uh, so obviously in the women's final recently, just going to throw him into the mix and ask you, who is your favourite Australian men's Wimbledon finalist, I guess, in modern times? So we, I think we've got Cash, we've got Rafter, and obviously notwithstanding... Um, Harry from Belmore's opinion. We've also got Leighton. Um, so, who's been your favourite? And also, who do you reckon has been the best for Australian tennis?
2: Wow, uh, there's a couple who I have a good think about, Andrea. Um, I appreciate your call. I mean, I, if I just think back when I was a young guy, uh, we were doing regular family holidays to the Gold Coast about this time of the year, school holidays. And I'll never ever forget sitting up and watching uh, Pat Cash uh, win Wimbledon, the first man to climb up into the players' box. That huge hug for Ian Barclay, who's still going strong here in Melbourne, uh, because he's over 80 years of age and still contributing uh, to the the growth of uh, you know young potential tennis players. So, off the top of my head, as I think about it, yeah, Pat Rafter, I think that's the, the the biggest. Anguish for me uh losing to uh uh you, you would have loved to have seen Pat Rafter win uh Wimbledon, but uh, of course won a couple of uh u s opens but you yeah, i'd probably have to say uh pat cash as a as a as a young guy andrea, off the top of my head
5: that's a great answer um you know I was i think about fourteen in nineteen eighty seven and of course we all just loved him. You know, teenage girls, you can imagine. He yeah. was our teenage dream. So, uh, But I just think he was, it was great. It was
2: so inspiring to see an Aussie do something like that. Indeed. Hey, hang on the line because I'm going to give you a copy of the Australian Tennis Magazine, which has uh, just come out, the latest edition. I think it's got raffer on the front after his uh, great heroics at uh, the French Open at Roland Garros. So that's coming your way. Andrea, thank you very much. I do appreciate your call. So Maxine Cressy. Uh, nice job. He was runner-up at Eastbourne a few weeks ago. Fourth round, as I mentioned earlier this year. Really good run at the Australian Open. Uh, beat Isner, beat our very own Chris O'Connell. I'll get that mentioned in early. Chris today breaking into the top 100 in the official rankings for the first time. So hopefully uh, heading um, uh, further uh, further south. And of course, uh, Chris, he lost uh, fourth round to Medvedev in a really tight match. So he has come on in leaps and bounds, winning his first ATP 250, the Hall of Fame Open. I'll come back to Jason Kubler, another debutant winner on the ATP Tour in beautiful Bastard in Sweden. What a beautiful setting for a tennis tournament. Francisco Sirondolo, the Argentinian, who has really taken off this year. Uh, it was an all-Argentinian affair, beating uh, Sebastian Baez, who's had a great 12 to 18 months. But let's have a listen to Francisco Cerondolo winning his first ATP 250.
3: First ATP title. How much does that mean to you?
6: Yeah, it it means a lot. Uh, since you're a child, I think you you imagine playing yourself in this in this event, this finals, and uh, yeah, when I lost in Buenos Aires, I was. I was sad because I was at home and I lost really bad, but uh, I learned from, from that a lot, and I think I, I could use it today because I think I played a great match, a great, a great week, and yeah, it feels amazing. And I want to also to thank the tournament director, Krister Magnus, all the Organization, Ball Boys, everyone, and players, uh, for making this tournament amazing. I think it's one of the, the best ATP 250 in the world, and uh, I really like it, so congratulations.
3: Do you feel like you're playing your best tennis right now?
6: Yeah, probably, yes. I think uh, this year it's, it's been really good so far for me. I played uh, great tennis at the beginning of the year, then in the clay season I didn't play too, too good, but grass seasons I have uh, three tough losses, really close, but with great players, I think I learned from that, and today I, I could won those matches, and that's why I, I'm holding this trophy. And-
2: so that's uh, Francisco Cerondolo, who took out the top seed, Caspar Ruud on his way to winning the tournament. So uh, uh, cracked the top 100 back in Feb this year. Quarter-final, Buenos Aires. Semi-final in Rio. Made that semi-final on a hard court in Miami, which was a bit of a breakthrough, certainly on that surface. Uh, a young man like uh, so many Argentinians uh, growing up on the clay. So uh, a very good uh, week for him. A couple of other mentions. Dominic Thiem, we're on team watch to see whether he can somehow get back to the lofty heights that he achieved a couple of years ago. He actually went down in the quarterfinals to buy as the uh, finalist. And Andre Rublev, of course, had to uh, miss uh, Wimbledon uh, due to the the ruling on the Russian players, but he made a semi, so it was good to see Andre back on the tour. Uh, On the women's side, Petra Martic of uh, Croatia, Once upon a time, what's in the top 15 of uh, women's tennis? She won her uh, second WTA singles title in uh, Lausanne. This is a beautiful part of the world. If you ever want to go to Switzerland, do a train trip through Switzerland, you'll pop into Lausanne. It is magnificent.
1: A little story. When I arrived here the first day, it was the beginning of qualies and I came to check out the centre court and the opening match was Olga. Uh, I was with my agent and I told her, you know what, I think this girl is going to be such a great player and not only is she going to be, I think she already is, you already won a tournament like this, beaten me before, done so many nice things and uh, it's only a beginning for you. Congratulations. Another big thank you to the crowd. Uh, You've been amazing. It was so great to play in front of all of you. You brought so much energy no matter who you cheered for. It was great to feel your passion. and. I really loved every single moment out here and I hope to see you all next year.
2: And she'll be back, Petra, no doubt about that. Up 30 spots to 55 in the world and a couple of good scalps along the way during the week. And she mentioned her opponent, Olga Danilovic, the Serbian, who has had some injuries the last couple of years, a really promising talent. It's not an unfamiliar storyline in tennis that players come through qualifying to make finals, so uh, one to keep an eye on. But, yeah, tough year. She's had a little resurgence in the middle. Uh, Petra Malic hadn't won back-to-back matches, uh, what, just twice uh, this year until Wimbledon. Uh, fourth round there, lost to the winner. Uh, Rybakina in a pretty uh, tight uh, match that went uh, two sets, but pretty uh, two very deep sets, so uh, good to see her continue uh, that form. And another first-time winner on the tour. It's taken to the age of 27 for Bernardo Pera, the American, The lefty to win, of course, on the tour. 2.50 Hungarian Grand Prix over the weekend. It was a big moment for her. It
3: is a first-time main tour title for Banana Pella. And look what it means. The
7: emotion is there for all to see. And what a lovely embrace.
2: Yes, very, uh, very teary she was, and, and so you should be. I mean, yeah, it's tough to win on the Tour, and some take longer than others, but uh, we acknowledge all the winners here on the first serve. Beat Alexander Kroonich, 6-3, Didn't drop a set all week. Uh, she'd been zero at four in uh, four semifinals previously, so she broke through uh, one in Budapest, has gone back inside the uh, top 100, which is uh, a great achievement. Uh, Shout-out for a couple of Australians. Uh, Andrew Harris is trying to get back from a singles point of view, but he's played some good doubles this year. The Victorian, the son of uh, Anne Minter, of course, the former quarterfinalist at the AO back in uh, 1988, uh, teaming up with Enzo Quacko, the Enzo Cuoco, the Frenchman. Uh, they won uh, the doubles, second title at challenger level uh, this year for Andrew. His third title, he won an ITF as well, uh, so he was in some good form. And, well, it was this time last week we were talking about Adam Walton. On our podcast, Play USA, just finished four years of uh, collegiate tennis, steps out into the pros. What does he do? He wins two back-to-back tournaments and has now got uh, a ranking, uh, having not had a a ranking, of course, uh, going into this year. So um, he won in Cancun in Mexico, if you like uh, being in that part of the world. uh, Amazing you can actually focus on uh, playing a bit of tennis. But uh, won in Texas last week. Had no ranking. It's gone to 860, of course, with the ITS, the 15K tournaments. So his points earned from this one won't tick over to the official rankings until a week's time. So we'll see uh, how much uh, further that does uh, come down. But well done to Adam Walden. He's had a great uh, couple of weeks. And I've loved the feedback. uh, A lot of our social posts who really rate this guy as someone that can uh, make a bit of an impact uh, on the tour. Just a couple on the text. Harry, with all due respect, your values. And not in line with today's values, Leighton Hewitt deserves all the accolades that comes his way. That's Michael's view. Uh, Pat Cash doing ads for Advanced here. You cannot be serious. So great positive start to the show. Great decision. <laughs> so We've all maybe lost uh, one early with Harry uh, just uh, getting on the front foot with his views that Leighton uh, shouldn't be in the International Hall of Fame. But uh, Harry's got a supporter in AG, have been thinking... The same like your first caller, Leighton here doesn't have a CV to be a Hall of Famer. So all subjective, everyone's going to have a different opinion. We'll hear from Leighton, as I mentioned, uh, very shortly. But from uh, my point of view, I think, uh, I think quite worthy uh, to go into the uh, International uh, Tennis uh, Hall of Fame. As we head to the break, uh, let's mention, of course, Hume Tennis and Community Centre. So if you're listening interstate, wherever you might be around Australia tonight, this is an absolute beauty, right near Melbourne Airport, 18 courts, It really is the mini Melbourne Park in Melbourne's north. It's got tennis for everyone. It's perfect also uh, for coaches and players. Uh, You've got accommodation uh, just around the corner. You can bring a big tour group. So find out more at humetennis.com.au. Let the sun pay for your
1: electricity with a 6.6 kilowatt solar system from V-Solar. Visit V.Solar and GLG Greenlife Group, leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com. The first serve. Your home of tennis.
2: Welcome back to the first serve. Uh, Brett Phillips tonight, always happy to take your calls. 1 300 736 736. Love your texts as well 04 0398 98 1116. Thanks to our good friends at uh, Tennis Direct. We'll hear from Leighton Hewitt in uh, just a moment, but we do me- need to mention Jason Kubler uh, coming off his uh, magnificent fourth round. At uh, Wimbledon, his last four months have been extraordinary, from outside the top 200 to be inside the top 100, and if there were rankings points at Wimbledon, right now he'd be very close to the top 50. But to watch his performance in Newport uh, last week, where he took down the number one seed, Felix auger aliassime he beat two Aussies, uh, Jordan Thompson and James Duckworth, and Maybe just ran out a little bit of steam uh, against Alexander Bublik, who can do anything on a tennis court, who won that uh, semi-final convincingly. I think uh, anyone who saw Jason's level of tennis in Newport, uh, right now, he is playing top 50 tennis. There is no doubt about that. So we just pray that the body uh, keeps together and there are no uh, little impediments there because uh, he is uh, absolutely uh, on fire at the moment, which... Makes me think about our Davis Cup team a little bit later on this year. I mean, Leighton Hewitt, who we're about to hear from, has got maybe a few selection headaches. We've got nine men inside the top 100 now with Chris O'Connell's elevation today. So, Demonor at 24, Kyrgios at 45, Duckworth at 66, uh, Thanasi Kokonakis at 73, Popperin at 82, Millman at 84, Thompson at 95, Kubler 96, and O'Connell at 100. If we just think back to March this year... We defeated Hungary uh, 3-2 in the um, group stage, of course, or the knockout uh, qualifiers to get through to the group stage of the Davis Cup finals. We came from behind. Uh, Alex Dimonor won his uh, two singles matches. The Nasi Kokonakis had to win the uh, decisive uh, fifth rubber on the Sunday. So he was one-on-one in the course. John Pierce and uh, Luke Saville lost uh, in the doubles. If we're looking ahead to where we're going to be come September, so the week after the US Open, Australia in Group C with France, Germany, and also Belgium. What does our team look like? I'd love you to put your selectors hat on tonight, 1300 736 736, or on the text 0433 98 I was working through a few different uh, scenarios today. I'll run this uh, past you, and you can wane and have your view. It's not easy. I mean, the only certainty for me, the only certainty with two ticks is Alex Demonor. He absolutely performs more often than not for Australia. So he wins his two matches back in March, helps us get to the next stage. For me, he's the absolute lock. Does Thanasi get the knot again? I mean, this is all dependent on Kyrgios, isn't it? So post-Wimbledon, Nick Kyrgios has gone to the Bahamas to have... A, a week or two at uh, Leighton Hewitt's uh, residence there. I think he's going to play Atlanta uh, next week. Now, surely if Nick wants the spot and he wants to play Davis Cup again, if we're actually a genuine chance of winning the Davis Cup or going deep, he has to play. But if kirios doesn't play, who's the next in line here? Is it the Nasi spot? James Duckworth starting to get on a little roll of form. Jason Kubler, the most in form of all our Australians right now. And the only crosses that I've put down next to players are Alexi Popperin, who's 18 and 23 this year, who was in that squad in Sydney earlier this year that didn't play singles. John Millman, whose Davis Cup days are now probably behind him, 13 and 19 this year. Jordan Thompson has found a little bit of form on the grass uh, prior to Wimbledon at 20 and 18, but probably not in the frame right now. And Chris O'Connell not quite... In the frame to be playing Davis Cup tennis. Kubler, Duckworth, Kyrgios, Kokonakis in behind Demonore. How does that look for you? 1300 736 736 or on the text 0433 16 The doubles has always been the point of conjecture for quite some time with our Davis Cup team. Trying to find that great combination. Is it too hard to go past Ebden and Purcell? Twenty four and nine as a combination. They're the Wimbledon champions, Australian Open runner ups earlier this year. Twenty four and nine as a combination. We're going to talk to Matt Ebden very shortly. Kyrgios and Kokkinakis could they come together in Davis Cup and create their magic from January? Luke Saville and John Peers So Piers is fourteen and fifteen win loss this year. It's been up and down for Piersy, no doubt. Uh, Luke's at 20 and 18, runner-up in Eastbourne, of course, on the grass leading into Wimbledon. So there's some really fascinating decisions to be made by the man we're about to hear from, uh, Leighton Hewitt. He's going to have a few headaches later this year. But for him and his family, it was a great celebration in Newport over the weekend.
1: From the former world number one Wimbledon champion, U.S. Open champion, Davis Cup winner and our incoming Hall of Famer tonight, ladies and gentlemen, Leighton Hewitt.
0: Uh, put things into words at the moment and I wouldn't be receiving this honour today if it wasn't for this bloke. Rochi mate, it means so much to me that you made the effort to make the long trek over from here, from Australia to be here with me today. I've been so fortunate to have you as a coach, mentor and more importantly to be able to call you a mate. Thanks Rochi. I want to thank my beautiful wife, Beck and our three gorgeous kids, Mia, Cruz and Ava. I'm so fortunate to have you, Beck. You are the most hands-on mum ever and the best wife and have always supported me with everything. I'm so proud of the three kids and how they've grown up and so much of that is due to you. Uh, This is an incredible honour for me. The Hall of Fame seemed like something that was so far away from me ever being part of. It was never something I ever thought about as a player, and it was always, I thought, for the people that were my idols growing up and the absolute legends of the sport. For me, though, this is such a special place here in Newport. You feel the history and tradition as soon as, of tennis as soon as you walk in here. So Newport will always hold a very special place in my heart, and this week just adds to it. So thank you, everyone. Thanks a lot.
2: So that was uh, Leighton Hewitt. Uh, of course, you can listen to the full version of uh, that chat online. That was about, a, I think, a 20-minute um, script that he uh, wrote. He had a lot of time. He was supposed to be inducted last year, of course, but couldn't travel uh, with the pandemic. So uh, he is inducted in Newport over the weekend. And everyone's entitled uh, certainly to their say on uh, that. But uh, a man who has, uh, well, bled uh, for Australian tennis uh, on the court. And uh, I think, you know, when asked what he wants to be known for the most. He said simply the word competitor. And I think, uh, you know, it was a guarantee, wasn't it? And that's why it's not hard to dislike a guy like Alex Dimenor because he's built of the same cloth that he absolutely gets everything out of himself. He managed to win two Grand Slams in an era that had Agassi and Sampras and then the start of Federer and Nadal and then the emergence of Djokovic as well. So He did a mighty job. We'll take a break. On the other side, we're going to talk to a Wimbledon champion. Uh, It's a nice thing to have on the CV. Matt Ebdom coming up next. Thanks to Melbourne's leading synthetic grass court service and construction specialist, ASTE Tennis Courts. They're trusted by Melbourne tennis clubs and councils. Check them out, aste.com.au. Fight back against rising energy prices with a 6.6 kilowatt
1: solar system from B-Solar. Visit B.Solar and GLG Greenlife Group. Leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com. The First Serve, your home of tennis.
2: Welcome back to The First Serve. Always great to have your company on this Monday night. Uh, we do it every Monday. We talk uh, the world of tennis. one 300 736 Brett Phillips uh, in the chair. Well, of course, we said it this time seven days ago when I had Luke Saville alongside me how good it was to celebrate another Aussie pairing uh, winning a Grand Slam title. And uh, Wimbledon... Uh, well, the, the most prestigious, no doubt, out of the four. We had Max Purcell last week. We thought we've got to get the other half of the M&Ms. He's done the media rounds. He's probably exhausted from uh, all this media over the last week. But, Matt Ebden, uh, congratulations from everyone here and great to have you back on the show.
7: <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yeah, no, it's lovely to talk to you. Um know we feel your support always out there. We see you guys posting the results and, um, yeah, it's, um, no, no, we feel the support from Australia for sure. So, no, I'd love to be on here chatting.
2: Matt, uh, I asked Max the same question, how you sort of just sum up the fortnight at the All England Club. Uh, it, was, it was one hell of a ride. I mean, you guys, the, the amount of five-set matches, a couple where you were two sets to love down, it, it, it's like a movie script uh, that you know, someone might uh, put together one day. What an incredible ride.
7: Yeah, you took the words out of my mouth, actually, yeah, just, uh, yeah, firstly, yeah, it's just been crazy, it's been insane, it's been epic, it's been unbelievable, it's been, all those things morphed into one, and yeah, yeah, I've said a few times in, yeah, a few different sort of press conferences the last, over the last week that, yeah, like, you know, all the, the five set matches, the match points, the, just the way it all turned out and happened, yeah, I couldn't, you couldn't script it, It, it's a movie, You, you took the words out of my mouth, so, yeah, maybe one day someone could do a, a, little, a little mini movie from, uh, I guess, the last nine months. You know, when we first teamed up, there's, there's a heck of a lot of little mini stories there, and and uh, yeah, it's, it, yeah, that would be fun. But um, no, that's for, you know, for now we have to get get back to get back to work after sort of celebrating and, and having fun with it, and and uh, look towards the U.S. summer.
2: Matt, it's an incredible thing to have on the CV to be a Wimbledon champion. Uh, now they're sort of what eight and a bit days on. Has it really sort of you know sunk in now that you've had a bit of time back at home just to sort of um, reflect and 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 think about what you've achieved?
3: Yeah,
7: a little, but not really. It's still it's still been a bit of a blur and a whirlwind, and it's I don't know if I'll ever fully digest or come to terms with it. It, it feels like uh, yeah, I've obviously had you know lots of highlights and you know career goals that have ticked off, and you know represent Australian Davis Cup and win slams and. But I don't know, there's so something about Wimbledon and, and centre court at Wimbledon that I never knew would have this effect on me or never knew it would feel the way it did. Like, I, you know, up until the final of the mixed doubles on, on a Thursday night there, I'd never played on centre court at Wimbledon. I've nevertheless, been in the Wimbledon final. Mm. And uh, to experience that for the first time, I loved it. Came out in the ball unreal, and the crowd was sort of it, it, the court smaller than I imagined. I mean, I've been on centre court plenty of times, I've never played on it. And. It, we played the semifinals on on court one, and that for me felt basically just the same size. Even court one, maybe even felt bigger in a way. But you know the stands and the crowd. But center court, yeah, felt intimate, felt special. It felt had this sort of sort of aura and magic about it. But not in a way that made you feel nervous or stressed or, or intimidated. But yep. just you sort of felt unconscious on the court. Like you did your thing, you played well, and everything sort of happened. But you felt like you weren't really in control of an outcome. uh, It was very strange, and it felt like, you know, you do your best and the others do too, but it feels like that centre court has sort of had fate or destiny pre-decided of what's going to happen, and you just got to hope you're on the right side of it.
2: Absolutely. And,
7: uh, yeah, it's really weird to just feel that and be part of that and then watch that play out while you're on the court playing. And and then, obviously, the final similar thing, you know, was going our way, and then, you know, we were feeling confident and good, and then the match was slipping away, and I was like, just going, I can't believe this is slipping away, and we might not win this, and then... And then everything that happened and then we turned it around and, you know, an epic five setter in the end, yeah, just still didn't really feel in control of it. But it just, um, I'm just so happy that I was on the right side of it that day.
2: Yeah. <laughs> just just being in, in the moment, uh, you know, so often we're thinking about the future or reflecting, but just just to be in the moment of life is uh, something that is so special. I'm just going to play a little bit of uh, your doubles partner who was on our show last week. When I asked uh, Max yeah. about the partnership that you formed, this was what Max uh, Matt yeah. had to say.
8: Matt's a little different to me off the court. He's probably the most professional and athlete I've I've ever seen. know, yeah, extremely serious, and I guess well put with everything that he does. There's a structure to everything, so that that difference between me going out there and just like liking to clutch up and, and feel into the moment versus his uh, structure and tactics coming onto the court. I think there's a there's a good balance there because. Uh, he he trusts me to just do my thing, and I and I trust him to do his thing. And I was lucky that Matt and I um, didn't take too long before we kind of gelled like Sav and I on the tennis court, because that's that's a lot of what doubles is about. You know, you need to know what your partner's going to be doing the whole time, rather than you know having to try and cater to all those those few points where, where you don't know what your partner's going to do. That I think so much to do with doubles and winning is the relationships you have, rather than how good you two are individually. So, um, yeah, I think Matt and I've been really lucky that our game styles on and off the court, um, and our yeah our personalities have have gelled so well together.
2: So, Matt, that was Max uh, last week. Uh, that, that's a pretty good summation, I reckon. And I'm going to ask you about uh, your take on the partnership with uh, Max, and you're 10 years older, sort of like that older brother in a sense, uh, just leading. Uh, the young pup and guiding and directing, and he's obviously got uh, such a sort of out there uh, personality. Uh, tell us about the union and how, how you see it in your own eyes.
3: Yeah, look, he, he's,
7: he's done really well there. It's the first time I heard that, and yeah, I'm, I'm really proud of him. Even just hearing him sort of sound that out and say that, I can you know you can tell that his growth as a 24 year old has been insane in the last couple of months, particularly, but even in the last six to nine months. And you know, hopefully, I've had some positive impact on that. I'm sure I have, and. And he's had you know, a lot of positive impact on me too. And, I've, and even though I'm old, I'm still learning from the young guys. You know, Federer used to do it well. He used to go and practice with the young guys, see what the young guys were bringing, what what was the new generation thinking, how were they doing things, and I'm the same. You know, I, still, I learn a lot from Max, uh, even you know him as a younger guy coming with different ideas, different different sort of flair or whatever. But no, there's um yeah to to, to hear Max sound that out, and uh, you can tell he's really really got it now, really understood it and. Yeah, you know, we we were a pair. that got together at U.S. Open last year, and straight yeah. off the bat, just gelled. You know, we just worked. We um, we'd known each other pretty well before. We'd practiced together. We'd yeah. played against each other in singles, in doubles. Um, but you know, we weren't super super close. We didn't know each other that well. We never played together. But I suppose our game styles complemented each other. We you know, we both feel pretty able in all areas of the court. So tactically, we're. We're very able and have a lot of options at our disposal. And, yeah, we went all the way to the quarters of the US Open straight off the bat. We had match points in that match first. Didn't win, but, you know, obviously it was good. Our second tournament ever together was Aussie Open. We went all the way to the final there and were playing well and beat probably six of the best pairs in the world and were confident we could get the next, but obviously lost the final. Those guys played great. And then, yeah, to continue out through the year and sort of solidify and, and back up, uh, our form on the tour, you know, got our first title. Um and then we were on the clay and, you know, French Open actually was was a tough first round loss for us, but that was a big wake up call. Um started you know, a few things crept in there, you know, a few sort of attitude issues or, or sort of professionalism issues issues and um, uh, you know, we, we definitely were a bit confused both of us of what was going on a bit on the court and um, yeah, we we lost first round, but we, you know it was it was it was very unprofessional. It wasn't a professional performance at all. It was it was not a mature loss or, or a good loss by all, by all means. I mean, we could have easily won the match, but there was yeah a lot sort of going on between us and individually, and it was just a bit of a mess. And and after that match, we spent probably four hours straight off the court with our bags on our back in our match shirts, standing up, you know outside the side of the court near the cafe and talking for about four hours. Um, we just I just sort of I had to get to him and say, "Look, this is not good enough. You yeah. know, I'm experienced enough to know I've been yep. through these situations yep. before. I know what a professional outfit looks like. I know what the best players and pairs, or best players in the world, do and why and why it works. And we had naturally had, and we were sort of lucky to just have had that by chance at the start. And then that sort of wavered and floundered. And but we needed to nip it in the bud and go right. You no, know, no. Let's be conscious of what actually needs to happen here." And, you know, we had to really go get to understand each other, you know, a lot more. I suppose in the beginning, Max, obviously, you know, I'm the older one. I'm, you know, being experienced and, and done a lot in, in whatever. And Max sort of respects that and um, whatever. And so, we, you know, we, we, we joined as a team, but we were sort of at, la- at arm's length with each other. Mm. We came together on the court and we just gelled well and it worked great. But then almost you're a bit of a victim of your own success because then you become closer. You spend more time together. Then you become more like brothers and but with becoming brothers you're obviously more i suppose have have a sort of closer more intimate relationship where you then feel more free and comfortable to really let rip at each other if need be do you know what i mean and then that can be that can be sort of dangerous as brothers fight you know or have things like that but it can also be the ultimate if you structure that in the right way to get an even deeper better relationship so we had to go through that sort of growth and maturity and, and I mean for Max it, you know, easier for me being experienced and having gone through that and seen and done that before as being, you know, thirty four year old, but him as a twenty four year old taking that on the chin and mm. him knowing, you know, something wasn't right, something was up and he was willing to listen, willing to discuss, communicate. So was I, I was willing to listen, discuss, communicate and we were really just learn a lot about each other even more in depth and, and what works for each best for him and me and, and then us as a team and what he needs, what I need, what we need from each other—you know—that just the trust issue, like the trust things. Yeah. Um, so we just came out up, sort of after that, with you know lots of little things that uh, I guess satisfied the things he needs, the thing I expected and needed expectations. What what did we want from each other, and then now we were going to go about you know um, putting that into action on the daily or on, on match tournament weeks or tournament days or match days and yeah we just got ultimately professional and, and sort of you know sort of covered all bases so that we were able to then go out each match and put our best effort and, and everything on the park in the most professional way possible with uh, hardly any chance of many things going wrong and sure we might lose but that's because someone maybe out executed us on the day or they got a bit lucky or they beat us in an absolute war seven six in the third or Something like that, but it wasn't going to be because you know we let ourselves down and we just rolled over, or we let someone beat us because we were confused at tactics, or we were arguing with each other, or something. Um, so there was no more of that, and you know straight away after French, we went straight to the finals. Uh, it was a tough draw in Hertogenbosch when we were up. You know we nearly won the final; we were up a set and a break, but lost a close one. But you know that was an example of we did everything and we just lost a couple of juice points. The guys had executed; we didn't quite execute by a couple of points. So that was fine. And then, uh, yeah, then came Wimbledon and, you know, we faced a ton of adversity from the first match. We had a super tough draw, you know, we had six of the toughest matches on paper that you could have dreamed up. If someone said, here, give someone, give a seed, the toughest draw possible. We had it. Um, And yeah, so, you know, we, we just fought our way through bit by bit and stuck to our guns. And, you know, that's got to give Max credit. He gave the ultimate sort of effort and professionalism and, and, you know, great mindset throughout. And I said to him, I was like, I'm willing to lose if we do all the right things and yeah. if we do all the right things, everything or whatever. I'm, I'm willing insults. to lose like that, but I'm not willing yep. to lose uh, with other BS or, or you know, whatever. Like, yep. that, that's fine. But
2: great if we insights. get beat, we get beat. Fine. Yeah, great insights so, um, into the inc- And yeah, and that, and that paid off. Beautiful stuff. That, that, that is, it's yeah. great to get that behind the scenes because uh, you always wonder about, yeah. uh, you know, partnerships in, in tennis and. Yeah, the balance off court, on court, the chemistry, all that sort of stuff. But you guys, I mean, you're you're 24 and nine, Matt. I've got time for one more here now, just before I got you on. I was sure. trying to I was trying to work work through a Davis Cup selection scenario for later this year. And Leighton Hill has just been inducted into the Hall of Fame on the weekend. I reckon he's got the biggest headache he, he yeah. might have ever had. We've got nine guys, <laughs> nine guys in singles inside the top 100. You guys have made two wow. Slam finals uh, this year, and I think Australia has been crying out for a little while. For a set doubles yeah. pairing in Davis Cup. Now, you two sure. are put. You two yeah. are putting together a compelling case. I'm sure you would love to don the green and gold again.
7: Yeah, of course. No, no secret. I've played many years of Davis Cup, been very fortunate to, have, I don't know, the better part, probably five or six years or seasons, would have you know been a, a sort of fixture of, or feature of that uh, team, mostly in singles. And uh, last time was maybe more so in doubles. So, yep. no, I'm willing to play whatever part the team needs and. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, I think now we've got probably a squad of maybe seven guys, and from that, I think Leighton chooses five, and Max and myself are in that squad. I think so is Peasy, and then probably mm. Diminor, Nick, Tanasi, maybe Tomo,
2: yeah, it's uh,
7: whoever else. I'm not exactly sure, but I think it's probably from those, but it's seven yep. that we choose five. Yeah, and then what a great uh, problem to have, you know? Yeah. Um, no so yeah so I mean I've played doubles at Peezy before so as Max you know obviously Peezy's been playing you know double specialist for a long time he's very experienced and yep. he knows what he's doing out on the doubles court there's no secret there but yeah I mean and that's great and that can get you far and but yeah like you say if you can take your you know there, there's a difference between someone coming together a couple of times as a pair and mm. going through mm. 9 to 12 months of heavy development wins and losses together and going through you know, that strength and growth, like, yeah. you know, the Brian Brothers, the Woodies, no um, what Max and I are building on this last year. like
2: Great problem you know, to it's have. It's
7: obviously a lot more in-depth and then more.
2: Absolutely. Mate, I'm going to have to wind up. I've got to get to a break. Yeah. But, hey, great to chat. Sure. Look forward to doing it Doing it again on the show. I know you're back in Perth having a little yeah. break and you'll be back on the road before we know it. And, uh, a Dad, this year, it's been a huge year for you and you've got the family in tow, so continued success. Yep.
7: Yeah. Thank you. No, you're off to the stage soon. We'll keep in touch.
2: Indeed. Matt Ebden, Wimbledon champion. They can't take that off his CV. Install a
1: 6.6 kilowatt solar system plus battery from just $25 a week at B Solar. Visit B.Solar and GLT Greenlife Group, leaders in property services and open space management at glgcorp.com. The first serve. Your home of tennis. And
2: now it comes and goes pretty quickly, the first serve. You can always check out thefirstserve.com.au during the week. Our socials as well. In fact, just over the last couple of hours, we have launched a Yonex giveaway, uh, which will announce the winners on the show next week. So the Alina Rybakina Yonex prize pack, all the gear that she used to win uh, Wimbledon 2022. If you go on our socials, if you're following us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all the details are there of how you enter. On the text, can't agree with those saying that Hewitt doesn't deserve to be in. Two Grand Slams, including Wimbledon, uh, four Grand Slam finals, youngest male world number one, world number one for a year and a half, 30 titles. I'm sure there's several players in the Hall of Fame with inferior records to Leighton. So a mixture of views, as we always get in this uh, great democratic society that uh, we live in, and uh, that's what it's all about. You can have uh, your say any time, Harry... Uh, Not so complimentary off the uh, top of the show, which has probably rolled a few of you out there, but uh, he, like everyone, is certainly entitled to his uh, view. Uh, Yarra Tennis Coaching. I was having a chat to Shane Scrutton during the week. He's a beauty. Over 30 years coaching experience. He'll improve your game, whether you're stepping out as a beginner, uh, whether you're uh, a serious player. uh, He'll improve the technique uh, tenfold. YarraTennis.com.au. It's just off the Eastern Freeway. Beautiful Eaglemont. uh, The king of the east, uh, no doubt. Uh, Shane uh, scrutton doing a, a beautiful job uh, so that's just about it for us uh, tonight uh, we're going to be back of course uh, next monday night a couple little changes during the commonwealth games we'll tell you about that uh, through of course our website and our uh, socials but we'll ponder that for the davis cup uh, as uh, matt edden uh, mentioned uh, no doubt he would love to be playing in the green and gold uh, so would luke savile who was alongside me here last week uh, john Peers has been a a real mainstay of our Davis Cup team. But Or the only It's a great problem to have. Our players are stepping up. And we want to see all our men. I mean, we've got two inside the top 50. And we've got seven between 50 and 100. And they're all capable of going a lot higher. So hopefully some great tennis to come from our Aussies in the back end of the year as we head to the US for a big swing. I hit them beautifully during the week. Uh, let's meet. Same time, same place. 8 o'clock next Monday night.